Hello and welcome to episode 49 of The Money Talks. And today we have a very interesting guest. Uh, simply because, you know, it is, you know, there's a very famous quote that Steve Jobs, you know, he made at a convocation ceremony at Stanford, where he said, it's impossible to connect the dots looking forward when I was in college. But it was very, very clear looking backwards 10 years later. And again, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You can only connect them looking backwards. Now, that is true, I believe, for about 99% of founders out there. And then you have the 1%, the one percenters like Ujwal, who seem to be connecting the dots going forward. And his story of how and where, you know, how he got to uh, becoming the founder of WealthDesk and the kind of measured and very deliberate moves he's made in his career, ha you know, are, are definitely something very, very interesting to talk about. So, you know, I have always believed that luck is when hard work, preparation, and perseverance meet with opportunity. And Ujwal is definitely the poster boy for that mantra. So it is purely sheer conviction that it's got this, this guy to where he is today. So without further ado, Ujwal, welcome. Welcome to the Money Talks. Hey, thanks, Anirudh. Yeah, thanks for that. Uh, I think uh, even when I look back, I mean, at times it feels like I mean, actually it was the way you want to move in your life. So it's yeah, pretty exciting. I mean, uh, much more than that. I mean, I think it, it's also about the fact that uh, some decisions could go the other way, but it works very well. So yeah, so thanks for that. So for me, I mean, I'm, I'm Ujwal Jain. Every, hello, everyone. I'm, I'm the founder of Weldesk. And uh, Weldesk as a platform is all about uh, bringing equity investing to a larger retail uh, investor base in India on top of broking platforms. So we enable portfolio based investing about me. I am born and brought up in Calcutta, uh, moved to, uh, after my engineering in, in computer science, I moved to, uh, a, a Wall Street hedge fund where I worked for first four years and then for some, uh, specific stint moved to Mumbai, then moved to MSCI after that, and then gradually started up in Mumbai. I think we'll be talking a lot about that. So I'll not. Absolutely. Uh, but as well, I mean, before we even get into this conversation, what is it about these Calcutta founders? They're either feeding you food or they're managing your money. Right. So, and, and, you know, we've, we've had, you know, you've got the wow momos and the chai breaks of the world out of coming out of Kolkata. And then you have Vivek and yourself. You have, obviously you have you have fantastic entrepreneurs and angel investors like Abhishek as well. But what is it about Calcutta? Like, you know, it's, it's got a very interesting flavor of the kind of startups coming out of it. So food definitely I can say. I mean I mean I still think that Calcutta food is can 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 really make like is is really something which is very unique and I don't see when Delhi comes, but I don't I don't want to get into that debate. Yeah. But yeah. <laughs> and the other thing on the wealth space is I think I think culturally Calcutta is a very, very interesting city. I mean, this is one of those cities where I mean, till you don't get out of that city, you you are in a cocoon. You couple of things I think which inherently part of every Calcutta born and brought up guy who's actually been really close to Calcutta culture. I think one thing is you think that politics is really part of your life. So, so you really, get, I mean, you realize that politics is really mainstream. So you really get activated very quickly in your life. Intellectual conversations in Calcutta is very mainstream around yeah. everything. So you really get into, I mean, the EQ improves a lot because you talk a lot about country and everything, though, I mean, I'm not sure how many of that gets really 
put the right impact in that city, Calcutta. But yeah, you are their EQ and IQ both improves very fast in Calcutta because of the the general consensus of people talking about everything around politics. And second thing is, I think Calcutta is a very good cultural mix around like most of the Marwadis. I mean, I mean, my background is I like my father. Uh, born and brought up in Rajasthan, but moved to Calcutta. Like Calcutta is like in yesteryear was a dream city to make a big break in life and yeah. do something great. So he moved through Calcutta, and 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 I coincidentally born like born and brought up in Calcutta. But one thing is that uh, the the general enterprise. Uh, uh, sense in Calcutta, especially in the Marwadi community, is always around taking risk. So, so I think risk is inherent in our like DNA. I think because I, in Calcutta, I never knew. Obviously, there are not many jobs also in Calcutta. So, generally, Marwadis <laughs> tend to do businesses. That's very casual. So no, no offenses, but yeah. So, I mean, that has been the upbringing. Like you grow up, and you you are you are like you're trying to be academically very smart, and then. Around you see the people from your last generation mostly doing businesses. I mean, I am one of those actually outliers, who is a nerd, uh, who is a geek actually on the computer science side. But <laughs> if you see the majority of Marwadis in Calcutta, they're good with actually managing accounts before managing wealth. But you know, that's <laughs> what I was gonna say as well. Most see most Kolkatan Marwadis right are not known for making ventures. They're very good at what we call biaj badlas, right? They're very good at interest. Interest is very important in their life. Right and and but what is interesting is you're finding all these Marwadis and Abhishek is a Marwadi, you know, and, and so are you and and it's a very interesting entrepreneurial culture coming out of there, right? And and I mean, I, I don't know if if it is the generation, if it's something that you guys are trying to bring back to Calcutta. What's because what's also interesting is all these entrepreneurs have decided to stay in Calcutta, right? Considering Calcutta is a very different difficult place place probably to recruit quality talent, especially on the tech side. But you know, Vivek, all of you guys have decided to stay there, and and is there is there like something happening in the ecosystem over there that that we don't know about? No, actually, just to as a matter of fact, we are not based out of Calcutta. We are based out of Mumbai, so we've been like totally in Mumbai. Yeah, but we've been hiring people from like say, some colleges in Calcutta, no doubt. But I think, uh, uh, I mean, uh, I honestly feel uh, there are these especially some specific. Businesses can really do great from Calcutta. I mean, I think I've seen the case of Wow Momos and all. But uh, honestly, on the tech front, I mean, especially uh, the if you're trying to build a technology-led venture, honestly, I don't think Calcutta is the right place to be. As you rightly said, recruit. I mean, if you ask hmm. me today, looking back, should should I actually set up an office in Calcutta? I mean, we are in Mumbai. We are setting up an office in Hyderabad. We are actually setting up in Bangalore also. But Calcutta, I am not sure because see the biggest problem with Calcutta is Calcutta has lost its cosmopolitan nature. I mean, mm. as a metropolitan city, if you look at the entire corporate roadmap of India, I mean, like the Western and the Southern India has taken to a different league and NCR included. Correct. But Eastern India is lagging behind. But I think uh, lately things are improving, and I am really hopeful. I think some uh, it's it's a matter of time because see, the risk is part of the culture there. I think it will it will evolve very fast. So, but I think it's a it's also the 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 overall corporate climate needs to improve and and I I personally think tech led startups, especially in fintech and all, Canada is not a right place actually to to start. So, so Ujwal, unlike most Cal and like you were saying earlier, like you know most Marwadis are known known to be good accountants and then you know most Marwadis that I know from Calcutta, I have done CA or they're done commerce and you know then to that kind of thing, you took a whole different route, right? You decided to. Go to Jadavpur University. Took up engineering, right? 
and you must have been a really odd one out in, in your group right like yaar you are a marwadi going and doing engineering what were the thoughts over there yeah. what were why were you into engineering at that time yeah yeah actually uh, my uh, connection to computer science date back to like school actually so uh, class 6 7 i got uh, like through school curriculum got access to uh, like coding actually i started with i think gw basic like you write those 10 let a equal to some like those standard instruction set that you write to create a program from that day and 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 the calcutta part of this whole story is the markets so being mm. part of a mawadi family community i mean even if you make le- your limited savings most likely a calcutta marwadi will put some money in the markets i mean that's fundamental yeah, i've seen that's true so uh, and and interesting in our lives like the markets have impacted actually personally very much because my father went through some financial turbulence and we came out of through by actually diluting some of our old investments in equities which which Achha. we were taken during ipo days and all so i was really really excited about the fact that that equities is a is an excellent vehicle to actually create wealth especially in times when you want some source of income apart from your primary sources so that always made me up like always excited i mean i will be honest like in my family my mom is not that educated but we still used to remember like at those days what is the price of castrol india what is the price of ferrolex cables i mean i was like close five six i used to remember the prices of these stocks so that mainstream stock market was in our lives computer science was something which my 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 intellect part of my life actually got really connected to and and i think class 10th i did my state boards west bengal board uh, computer came for the first time in 2003 madhyamik like 10th board exam and mm. i took that i mean it was a very big experiment because you don't know how it will be because mostly if you go giving your board exams you want to have some precedence ki paper kaisa aata hai yaar <laughs> but i took <actually> computer science <laughs> and with the only objective that i really want to get into this very seriously so it and and it really it evolved me so i got really good at programming 11 12 was natural that i want to take science because programming ka culmination engineering mein hota hai so by in 11 12 i was clear i want to take a engineering and only computer science engineering so that is that's all like natural calling came in so my parents all never knew anything about engineering i mean honestly till date if you ask me what i did in jadavpur so they might say computer science I mean, they really know about chartered accountancy. They really know about markets. They really know about. I, I like every every Marwadi would write about yeah. CA and yeah, correct. So yeah. so, so and then and then yeah, yeah. go ahead, go ahead. You're yeah, saying something. So that's how I took up science and then like I couldn't get into IIT so for the computer science stream so I took up Jadavpur. It was like a natural calling being in Calcutta. Jadavpur is a premium college so it so I took that call. I'll study computer science here. I got. a rank which i could get there so so that's how it all started like and then you it, it seems like then you decided to change tack right and then you went back right back into finance right because if you you know you started with dish or uh, you know after uh, after mit but you also did your cfa after that but but you know usually somebody coming out from an engineering college would and especially at the time in 2009 when you graduated you know infosys wipro these were the places you immediately went right but was was it a plan i mean it knowing you is probably a planned move to to move to finance but what was what was the thought uh, you know like now changing tact and becoming in, getting into finance 
Yeah, so the engineering actually completely opened my mindset around how computer science can actually build scalable systems, and 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 I'm computer science is very, I mean, is one of the streams in engineering which opens your problem solving skills, logical thinking, how to build how to build large scale systems like of Google scale mm-hmm. and all. So that opened my mindset, and obviously I told you markets was something which always fascinated me. So I at, during my third fourth year I realized that though academically I was very strong. so and i have done some research papers and all like engineering design automation mobile ad hoc network in 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 wireless networking so i have done intensive oh, wow. and stuff yeah yeah so so i but i was clear that it will i can culminate all my learnings in computer science in market so instead of taking actually google microsofts of the world we actually have skipped all of that i simply sat in dish or as a campus placement uh during those days like goldman dish or credit so they one of those companies where they hire computer science engineers with the only mindset to actually create high impact products in the in the capital market segment or fund management or any other but, but the indian market was not that mature i mean if you go back to the time when you even today i think we're, we're still a few strides behind where the us markets because you know liquidity in india especially for option strategy is not beyond one or two months right i mean if you go to the us you got the leaps and everything that then there is a lot of market making happening india in that sense you know was is is still relatively nascent towards towards these advanced strategies but you you like you said you know it was a planned move like what were yeah, you so thinking op- what was the thought these opportunities are for global markets so these opportunities huh. are for global market so actually that's the most exciting part that right after engineering and i joined uh, dish or post crisis you can imagine uh-huh. a wall street fund post crisis you all all the anxiety that whether they will survive or not but actually dish of did phenomenally well post crisis actually very smart fund managers actually so i joined dish and and that was a different like life i mean trans, it was completely transformed the way i looked at markets from a computer science point of view i mean dish is one of those hedge funds run by actually computer scientists dish is a computer scientist actually is this from your uh, your days at dish This was this is my first day at Disha. Yes. Oh wow! In Hyderabad campus, actually. Acha. So Disha. And I, I mean, I I I've worked with one of the Disha downstream funds, uh, you know, as a as a consultant. But this was uh, in a different uh, different uh, space altogether. But like you said, highly highly professional, very very you know like well uh, uh, organized. You could also say, also say them that they know what what they're doing, right? And they have the the kind of capital to back it so what 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 was it like what were, which markets were you looking at initially when you got to t show so actually i was working at the at the epicenter of the hedge fund operations this is treasury so treasury is actually like a function in a hedge fund you know hedge funds are highly leveraged mm. so their alpha seeking is built on the capacity to actually use Uh, capital in a way that they can build highly leveraged strategies using margin funding and all that. So treasury plays a very critical role there. For example, if you have 30, let's say at that point, let's say 35, 36 billion dollar of AUM Disha used to have, and on a leveraged basis, the exposure might be 200, 300 billion dollars. I mean, because of margin uh, trading and margin uh, investment. So I was part of a treasury team which used to actually drive this entire function. Where how do we optimize our capital, the funds that we deploy across all brokers in the world to invest in strategies so so for, so the, so the, this platform actually the treasury platform actually mimics the entire uh, the margin agreements that we have with all the global counterparties right from barclays deutsche bank and uh, every other uh, uh, big prime broker in the world so so they do a go into a prime brokerage relationship and interestingly uh, treasury deals with all the asset classes 
all the geographies because they because hedge funds are trading across the world so for that i i got exposed to all the top prime brokers in the world i used to see how their margin agreements are created for uh, for providing margin funding on their investments so and so from an asset class point of view exposure from like first level equities to seventh eighth level derivatives i mean across over the counter products and all across geographies so from day one i was like completely into a, and as you rightly said somewhere that we are us markets are pretty advanced i mean that way so i mean even if today if i look at it the what hedge funds are doing in us markets i might be 10 years ahead sure. in india so not just liquidity even the kind of instruments they create like the the the, the first level second level third level derivatives that they create on mainstream primary instruments i mean it's pretty crazy i mean and and, and if you are trying to mimic all of these to manage your funds across the globe you can imagine the kind of exposure we had so treasury was a core platform and post crisis fund management became a very critical component uh, for a, any hedge fund and dshore did really well and we 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 actually pioneered a lot of things in that phase post crisis and and that led me to actually do a lot of exciting things in the treasury team and interestingly because of my inherent nature to do exciting things from scratch within dshore like an as an intrapreneur intrapreneur so what happened disha uh, did a jv with the reliance industries in india so to do actually uh, uh, proprietary trading and then get into institutional brokerage so this is was a time when reliance actually couldn't get into maybe banking route through uh, through mainstream channels so they took capital markets route and they did a jv interesting jv actually with a wall street hedge fund and an indian conglomerate and for that disho had picked bunch of people out of like multiple offices and and i was actually coincidentally hand picked as part of the core technology the team which oh, wow. built the entire prop desk out of bombay and that's when actually i moved to bombay this was i think 2013 exactly 8 years back i moved to mumbai so and and this was this was like my gateway to indian markets i mean so within but what, how are you explaining this to your friends i mean i i don't see how this you could ever explain this to friends and family or what were you exactly doing no actually i mean if you ask me whether that move to india was like move to mumbai indian indian capital markets there was lot of anxiety i mean like especially working in a global setup trying to do some of the most complex things suddenly you are in bombay in an entrepreneurial environment and the craziness of mumbai like and the fact that indian markets is not that matured which all of us know within yeah. india so so whether i you will be doing something that exciting so it's it it was a call anxious call no doubt about it i mean but <laughs> in the long run if you ask me i was the best move i have ever made in my life so within within disha so so when i moved to mumbai it was not easy i mean especially like it was more like a startup environment and reliance's culture and disha's culture like all amalgamated into that jv it this was a office behind national stock exchange in bkc and that was a, that i actually stayed near bkc only so so most of the time was in office like uh, we were trying to do something actually and let's be honest the shop pays well right it was a, it must have been a great time to be you know you know yeah, D-Shop rolling pays in well. the door. i mean Yeah, yeah. yeah. Dishar definitely pays well. Yeah. If you are and a so, great, yeah. And then obviously your parents must be really happy. And then suddenly you decided one day, you know what? I'm going to quit Dishar and I'm going to go join MSCI. No, that actually JV got actually shut down on a on a very different Achha. note. I mean, and, okay. And and what we did in D, within Dishar as a treasury platform, which we were talking about, Dishar spawned off as a separate company called RCCM. It was like treasury okay. platform as a service. Now. Open to all the hedge funds in the world. 
in which Blackstone took a stake and all. And I was asked to move to that business because JV was supposed to get shut down and, and they told that it's a great opportunity to work in global setup again. But by that time, I was clear, I'm not going to leave Mumbai now. I mean, I really want to stick to Indian markets because there's enormous opportunity to do in India. I mean, at least at that point when I was, this is 2014, 13, 14. It's, I mean, FinTech as a, as a buzzword was picking up in payment lending to an extent, mm. but capital markets just leave the B2C businesses, which is exciting. The institutional part of the financial capital markets was so exciting to look at, whether you talk about institutional brokerage or pure play prop trading. There was so much of opportunity that I never wanted to leave Mumbai. So, but I never knew that what, what is the next thing I want to do. But interestingly, at that time, because the JV was being shut down, the MSCI actually was ramping up India operations, especially in Mumbai. And somebody got me connected to a guy in Geneva who was driving the index business so from MSCI globally. And he told that we are ramping our Mumbai operation because index is becoming a very fintech problem now. Where mm. data... What does that mean? Is... Index is becoming a very fintech so problem. Index actually, as a, if you look at from an MSCI business point of view, index is a data service. Like if you create an index, mm. you open the feeds and then you some AMC will create an ETF out of it or somebody will benchmark their portfolios against your indices. More like a data provider. But when this indices okay. actually the needs of the market, whether it's a hedge fund who's looking to compare to a more sophisticated index or unique ETS needs to be created. Now, if you look at global markets, interesting ETS. Ability to have a very faster turnaround to create this index for the market. And ESG was becoming mainstream that time, uh -huh. especially global markets. MSCI wanted to become a very tech heavy company, like which can actually build this very fastly, like on a platform model. So, 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 so that was a unique move. So, and, and, and if you know, in Wall Street, there's a ranking that goes like from a technology USP point of view, which are the best financial services from like Bloomberg would be in top five, maybe, and Dishom would be between 10 from 15. MSCI was at that time is around 31, 32. For the first time they were inducting a CTO and this whole environment was like trying to be a very tech heavy firm. And it was an interesting move for me because Till that time, I was like on North Pole looking at the active hedge fund industry from a computer science mindset. This is like a completely opposite passive industry from a computer science Correct. mindset. So I could not get better. I mean, you know, my, my, my adrenaline to look at capital markets from this lens has always been like always excited me. So I moved to MSCI and interestingly, within a very short stint, because of the impact of the opportunity, I could launch a bunch, bunch of smart beta indices on which some of the biggest ETFs have been launched. And these were some of the mainstream first time multi factor smart beta indices MSCI launched and I could actually build those from scratch very fast uh, working with the product research technology and, and and roll it out for the for the global sales so we did very that out of Mumbai we launched our first low carbon credit index on ESG I was part of that so pretty interesting and and that actually made me really confident that uh, on one side I've seen the active hedge fund and on the other side I've seen how passive is tracking trillions of dollars and parallelly, my 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 connect to Mumbai was getting stronger and stronger. I was meeting brokers, I was meeting EMCs, I was meeting bunch of play, uh, people around around Mumbai to understand where the industry is in Indian context, like purely from a broking, asset management, wealth management point of view. And SEBI also parallelly was doing a lot of interesting things. You see, 2013, first RE regulation came in, first draft to build a more advisory-led distribution network in India, whether it is mutual funds or anything else. You pay an advisor instead, you make distributor making at the tail end. 
and that regulation is pretty interesting uh, which you will you might have seen in last two couple of years but mm-hmm. parallelly also uh, on the broking side the zerodas of the world were completely flipped the broking model like from a very rm led network led broking to a very technology led like how payments Correct. upi chains payments like broking was completely getting open architecture transactional technology Uh, like the zerodas of the world created those uh, initial like push yeah. in the in the indian context and and if you see from coming from a global market point of view i could see the green shoots like what is going to happen in next uh, not just 2 3 years but over 5 6 years because capital markets is very slow moving it takes a lot of time for things to move so i was here that yeah for a if you look at a longer horizon this is a pretty interesting decade actually to actually innovate in india in a full stack model what so what it means is that transactionally broking is opening up and if you look at global markets also broking actually is most earliest adopter of innovation anything that you see in capital markets mm. it's like and and so so that was one green shoot broker regulator was changing things around driving the entire or flipping entire wealth model in india from a distributor led to more like customer paying to somebody who is making money for them so so culminate all of that i could see that and obviously mutual fund at that point also sebi started to clean up like re- you see uh, the entire reclassification of mutual fund schemes mm. capping of expense ratios and all these are green shoots of a future which is going to be very different like it w- might sound very gray in 2000 yeah direct but- versus non direct funds right obviously the entire uh, grow platform yeah. built on that direct fund yeah. yeah so so i was clear that i have to take this regulatory green shoots and take that Uh, the entire broking taking a very technology led play if i can combine this together in a technology led investment technology led model what it means is that uh, if i could build a platform which could inter- integrate with this transaction engine which is a broker's platform where you can where you trade your stocks and etfs and all and on top of that create a investment technology uh, which can uh, take the nomenclatures of let's say investment advisory regulation or a research analyst regulation which sebi has created to create portfolios which we call as wealth baskets today on direct stocks and etf and on the transaction side make sure every broker in the country i am integrated with so that they can open this portfolios for their customer to discover and invest and that is a complete b2b2c investment technology because you need to enable manufacturing on this portfolios productizing it making it distribution ready and obviously making it making it available on the consumer platform of a broker so that customer can discover and invest in these direct equities and etf portfolios now building this whole technology was a humongous problem like i mean so that's how we 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 formally started the company in 2016 it took us 3 years to build the tech before we went live wow. in our first full service broker like motilal was the earliest adopter yeah yeah and i read somewhere that by that time you had saved a million dollars right which yes. is a, which is a nice nest right? i mean if you went back to calcutta there's a nice little house you know and you could again live on the biaj badla of the marwadi uh, lifestyle right but you pumped all of that money back into wealth trust that that must have been yes. a really big decision yeah so all the savings and we when we started up before that we, around that time we built some tech for proprietary traders we sold that all that money we pumped it into this business the idea was very clear see i mean but the marwadi uh, tenant i tell you <laughs> see i always when we deployed that money see when you buy a real estate you see something which is physically out there you always feel that okay this has some tangible value okay. see as a technology guy we always see tangible value in technology so i always look at residual tech value of what we deployed on our own today when i talk to even like for our next round i mean i say that i always created a residual, residual tech value let's say everything goes shut down i have a residual tech value because that's the that's the ip that's the value i have created which has a 
real tangible value. In but that's a very scale, interesting word, residual tech value, right? Yeah. It, it almost like sounds like a terminal value of an investment, right? Nothing yeah. else happens. This is what, 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 what's it worth. But how do you like, and you know, it's very interesting because also people, let's say not even in the, in the wealth industry, not even in the broking industry are, are building some amazing tech in India. And India, Indian tech, I think is because there are so many cultures in India and you know, if you in, in India, it's like if you go 100 kilometers, everything changes, right? You've got to build technology that that fits the entire framework of a very, very, you know, it's like the United States of India, right? Every single state is a country and every country, sometimes one state can also have two countries within it. You know, if you look at even within Vidarbha and Maharashtra, how things right. are different or Maharashtra and Mumbai, things are different and everything changes. So when you build tech in India, it, it is usually very, very robust. But unfortunately, I think until recently, I would say that it's been very difficult to sell tech that did not work, right? And now I'm seeing, you know, maybe some green shoots of what you're talking about, where, you know, you build certain tech that a company can still utilize, or you build certain IP that a company can still utilize. But when you came in, I don't think that concept existed. I mean, I remember some of our write-offs in 15, 16, great technologies, but unfortunately, no one, there's no buyers, right? So how, how did you have this conviction that eventually there will be somebody to buy? Because see, that's coming from our global understanding. See, I have seen I that see. when market matures, any economy matures, technology led, if the, if the market is evolving because of technology, people invest a lot in deep tech. Like you build something mm. which is big tech, which is highly dependent into the ecosystem. And it's not easy to build that in like a quarter or a two and then start bringing numbers from a, from a customer part. So you have to have that, that clarity that you are building a big tech like let's say in our case is a direct indexing technology in the client's account on top of broking. Now mm. you can't just build it over a, even if you have enormous amount of capital, you paralyze teams, but the, fi the, the fine tunings are so detailed that you, it takes a lot of time to come, come up with something. Now you can ask that obviously it's a big bet, like, but the fact is that uh, globally also it has happened. I mean, obviously like when market, as I told you, you know, let's say if we take the green shoots of how broking evolved in US and then uh, this whole direct indexing came and all, these are all deep tech problems. I mean, some of these technology was built in Valley, not in New York actually. So, and got sold by, got, got acquired by New Yorkers and all like, so this happened in US also. So, so very clear understanding that this is going to happen in India and India will actually leapfrog. Because the, the you know adoption of tech in India is very mainstream now, and thanks to government of India, I mean the way they have institutionalized this whole open Aadhaar stack and 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 this whole uh, digital lockers now accounts aggregator and the UPI, I mean like the poster boy of India. Oh yeah. Payment. Yeah, Absolutely. So, so, so the poster tech of Indian payments actually. So you can see that if the government is institutionalizing deep tech. If you are building something which can add value to the ecosystem where you are in, let's say on top of broking, working with advisors, fund managers in the country, it will gonna, it will work in some time. Like it will take a while. I mean, the, you have to be the perseverance part is and 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 is is very critical here because you cannot expect that you build something so deep tech and expect outcomes in a year or two. So the tipping points are very high, and I think some other change that we have seen on the technology front, especially in India, is that initially a lot of brands were built, especially in startup space mm. where tech was only becoming an enabler to distribute that at scale, which is most likely not going to get replicated in a very uh, scalable way if you want to replicate in different geographies or maybe different markets or a lot. But 
our approach or maybe some of these deep tech companies in india which wants to become the infrastructure play or any saas play so saas play or building technology like today we are b2b2c saas investment technology platform now we started with one broker now we are working with 30 40 brokers at a saas scale we started with one advisor we obviously have uh, like not onboarding many advisors like an on saas model which we can do uh, we we'll, might do in future so getting from one two partners in a year to post covid like to a 50 partners that we are able to achieve because the technology is not able not only is a deep tech to solve the this entire problem of creating portfolios distributing portfolios but at the same time the technology architect is built such that you are a saas platform so you can replicate across multiple brokers environments and 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 scale very fast so i think these 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 inherent understanding building deep tech i think some of the companies even in financial services space are doing and i think in some payment space also somebody people have created enormous technology to actually drive on top of upi and all so i think we are doing that great i think that is why today lot of these saas companies out of india including us the possibility to go uh, outside india in a developed markets also is very very easy because we have those inherent but don't tell me one thing imagine if you have to imagine you were starting out today compared to 5 years ago see 2016 I was, I mean, I, I was investing. I've been investing in startups for roughly about five years by then. Very different market, right? Uh, obviously, today a very different market. I mean, all of these things were just starting out. GST, I mean, was just was supposed to come in in 16. You know, UPI was just starting out. You know, what was it? Is it going to work? It's a government technology. Government hasn't been great in execution. All these doubts were there. But if, if imagine you could. Uh, somehow restart today, and, you, and this was the moment you were going to start. What would you have done different today, if you know if you were an entrepreneur? And I'm again talking from the perspective there are people listening in, and they're starting out today, probably thinking, you know, what's different now than what Ujwal did in 2016, and what what would you do differently today than what maybe you did, you did not back in 16? I think I could have been much bolder. i could have hired more cream in what way? tech talent Achha. from valleys hmm. and and maybe uh, singapore or hong kong or i mean possibly who wants to move back to india today actually in 2016 i'll tell you when i was building this technology i knew in mumbai getting a very cutting edge engineering talent is not easy. i mean i am an engineer hmm. so, so i know why not many will like mumbai if they are a really deep tech problem solver so at that point even and generally the perception generally was that i'm not sure india's maturity in terms of building deep tech as you were saying so at that point if i would have gone to a very cream talent let's say in silicon valley working google and said that come and join me and build this tech and i know it's an enormous it will create enormous wealth for you yeah yeah it's a huge opportunity and obviously it's a it's a problem of real different scale in india to solve and let's let's join 2016 could not be easy but today if an entrepreneur is thinking so ambitious bold that i will build something which is which is deep tech and i want to create a enormous market opportunity by building which is very tech business today they can be bolder they have capital capital is like flowing like anything and there is a enormous amount of inbound interest in india to move back global talent wants to move back to india wants to solve oh, problems wow. in india that's unique yeah and and so basically you have talent plus capital all trying to be inbound in india and i think it's a pretty exciting time for india that way i think 2016 it was not like that So, so, really so now you know, and we'll talk about the funding journey also since we brought it up. But now, if you could explain to people what does Wealth Desk actually do? 
So Veldesk, actually, from a retail investor point of view, what we have been able to achieve very, very successfully is that when it comes to broking, when you open a broking account, you start investing in equities. Uh, it is not easy to actually find the right stock you to invest in. I mean, if you let's say you open a broking account, you want to create wealth from your stocks. Finding those right stocks, or even let's say if you find a right stock or a sector or a theme which you are interested in, you believe there is a wealth creation through research reports, market news, friends, families. This whole bombardment of information from across the like every channel that is around, and you finally find a right stock, you might end up buying that stock, but you don't know when to exit it. And hmm. and 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 what happens typically in a broking account? You see largely the last four four crores demat account in India. Why there's so much of less activity in most of the accounts? Because you see, there's a dormancy ratio is very high because most of the people start with a very with a high adrenaline rush, feel smart. end up buying bunch of stocks because of you know information exchange and all and finally they have bunch of losers and very limited winners and that's the typical journey of a broking account now compare that to your other investments when you do let's say a real estate or a gold or maybe um, even mutual funds for that matter your approach hmm. is very different you're trying to build long term wealth but when it comes to broking because of the inherent real time market data the enormous yeah. amount of moves it's not easy to create sustainable wealth so what we have essentially been able to do is that we have opened we have opened these managed portfolios on the broking account and these portfolios are managed by some of the most incredible fund managers who actually are good at what they are doing so whether it's a long term portfolio thematic portfolio sectoral portfolios multi asset portfolios or equities etfs these managed portfolios are out there on broking now which you can understand now your empowerments will still be that i am interested in this theme or a sector or this long term momentum strategy or whatever it could be or it could be like india us kind of multi asset portfolio instead of trying to find individual stocks you end up buying this wealth basket and the underlying constituent underlying stocks get replicated in your broking account so the underlying holding sits in your broking account you just replicate it in your account as per the weights defined by the fund manager and not only that once you are invested your regular updates on the portfolio when if there is any exits needs to be made or weights change of some quantity in some particular stock in that portfolio that is pushed by the fund manager through our platform the portfolio manager so our platform so you get to see the in one snapshot the biases that you need to do and you just do a one touch approval so you are still empowered to actually make your investment moves in markets but you see we have inherently created a very process oriented cutting the behavioral bias of finding stock exiting stock without knowing when to do that with wealth bucket so what has happened is first time investors seasoned investors dormant account all are seeing the excitement of sustainable wealth creation through these portfolios on broking account which was not possible in the past so so we made and that available so, yeah so and this sounds very much like you know it's something that even small case is uh, sort of doing is 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 that is that your biggest competitor today yeah yeah so small case and we started like becoming a mainstream comparables like I think when small kids move to B two B two C business model, so we are inherently B two B two C by design as a platform. We've been like started. Achha. We've been doing that since twenty twenty. We have not done direct consumer yet. Like I mean, we okay. still our consumer. Most of our traffic is inside the brokers app where our platform sits. Uh, but so small kids started with Zerodha and then they moved into B two B two C. So yeah, conceptually small kids and well baskets are are similar thing from a retail investor point of view when it comes to investing in curated portfolios. I see. I see. And um so today i mean this may be a bit of a dumb question but you know just for the sake of so that everybody has a chance to explain this how, how 
what is the typical portfolio size or your target customer's portfolio size? Is this a guy who has 50 lakhs in wealth? Is this a person that has a crore in wealth? You know, how much of their exposure should be in equities for it to make sense for this, you know, person to uh, to be signed up on Wealthdesk? So actually, we 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 solve one of the most unique cases. Now, this is the part where I will bring your like parallels to what you're saying. That India is a country where you have 27, 28 like states itself. These are our countries within state. They are countries. Now, being a SaaS platform and being working with the most unique broker demographic segment, like working with the full service brokers who deal with like very ultra H and H and I segment to a to a discount broker like a Paytm Money, which tries to promote wealth creation at a very peripheral level, like people who have never seen how to make wealth out of equities. So we serve both from a technology standpoint. So we have accounts who are actually investing a crore, two crore in a wealth basket to an account where they are starting with thousand rupees. So from a wow. platform point of view, adoption rate is from a thousand rupees account to a two crore rupees account. We serve both the segment very well. On a full service broker platform, our technology is driving that kind of market reach. So the average ticket size could be three four lakhs. On a on a discount broker model, where the focus is to actually penetrate booking to a larger India or the newer India, millennial India, where the average ticket size could be smaller, which in the ranges of twenty thirty thousand. So from an investor point of view, if you have a thousand rupees to invest in equities, or if you have two crore, I mean, well, basket works for both very well. But like you said, it's very interesting. You've got, you know, as, as your brokers, you've got Motilal Oswal, JM Financial, Anand Rathi. You've got even discount brokers like Paytm Money, Zerodha, Upstocks, etc., etc. And you're trying to create a win-win for all of them. Now, some of these guys are full-scale brokers, right? For where you know they're not, they're not. They're not really trading or, or competing on price. They're, they're really trading and competing on their brand value and the fact that they have the best researchers out there and you know they're, they're able to provide the best advice. And they're using you. The discount guys are using you. In fact, you've got Zerodha as a, as, a, as a B2B C client who's got small case. How are you creating win-wins for all of these different classes of uh, brokers out there? I mean, it, it can obviously cannot be the same that you do. I mean, it cannot be a same win-win that you have a Motilal Oswal that Azirada would have because the underlying technology is the same. No, so yeah, so that's the way the B2B2C part comes in. So it's like a full service brokers might convert their own research into well baskets also and also okay. bring in third party advisors from our platform into their consumer ecosystem and create a more uh, comprehensive portfolio suite to serve different market segments so that they are able to do very well. Now, I see. as you pointed out about the pricing bit of like they are trying to build, create value in the client's account because of their inherent full service nature. Now there, the consolidation has happened through our technology where your research, your advice, your third party partner search advice all get culminated into form of wealth baskets. And from an end customer point of view, create a more holistic journey to achieve their asset allocation. So these full service brokers are able to do that really well on our platform. And when it comes to discount broking, actually, interestingly, discount broking transactionally, they are not making any money. I mean, broking uh, as a business for delivery cash for discount brokers is a business. So for them to actually enable their customer to actually create wealth at a at scale where your your unit economics need to be really uh, uh, very good competitive because you anyways you're not charging anything on your broking so you can't charge much on your wealth creation side if you want to open it anything so because of our technology play uh, the wealth baskets gets available to on top of discount broker platforms and customers who are sensitive on their transactional cost so anyways they don't want to pay anything they are paying now because they see really value in this portfolio. So true, right most indians don't want to pay for anything <laughs> but they want everything 
ஒரு <laughs> right now now that's a huge differential in the way of pricing this product so what is different that you are you are charging for a basket while small case is this basket is free i think for us we have never created baskets which are well baskets which are free generally other than few etf portfolios that we have we have gone Correct. live which are free in nature around like giants of india or like a gold at equity which are portfolios for the larger india the Uh, the the fact these are charged there is a fee to be paid on these portfolios because these portfolios are created with enormous amount of research like and you pay a very nominal fee to actually create sustainable wealth like on mutual fund though we most of us pay the expense ratio which is implicit into our cost so we are already paying as a country like it's just Correct, that they are now as sebi moves things on the on the customer facing front where you get customer is basically paying directly these fee based portfolios become mainstream that way now the thing is why customers are paying because they really see value out of it because they see that now if i invest in this portfolio i'll be systematically making wealth in the long run and and these are managed portfolios so i need to pay the manager for that and they are paying for it now we have also recently but, launched something but called what, as a what, I, what is very interesting as well is how are you convincing them to pay see this is a again and uh, because you see most of the audience is founders right and i have always had always just like you believe that if you are providing a service if you are providing some value you need to charge a price now that's one of the inherent arguments of the indian ecosystem probably even from the value side that people want to give everything for free right but then they want to create value but you're not charging anything so i don't know how to create value out of that and you in you come and you're saying listen you know in india as it is people believe research ki koi value nahi hoti hai like it's a, it's an inherent thing research you know you get research on cnbc you get research on you know all these different platforms it's available right gyan is available tips come for free etc etc but here you come along and you say you know what no research is actually actually got value and you need to pay for it and if you want good research you should pay how do you convince your customer on that without individually convincing each person so you're doing it online you're not like saying okay ujwal is not picking up the phone and calling each and every client and saying listen there's value but you're inherently communicating that how are you doing that because that's a very important lesson for founders listening in so in case of our platform uh, i think we have different market segments so let's say full service brokers might be serving a client who is starting with a 5 lakh 10 lakh rupees and they are even they are they have an assisted layer which through our technology where the rms can talk to clients so they are actually understand that okay you were doing mutual fund you were doing pms in our overall asset allocation well basket fits in this places and you should go ahead and some of the top pms firms are actually moving into ria model through us with well basket so so oh, that that credibility is being built like some of the top pms firms like in abacus would have joined us and and under ria they have launched a 5 lakh portfolio so 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 that so that also makes customer feel that there is this premium portfolios which actually was not accessible to me is available to me so i have to pay a fee for that and it's a nominal fee and i'm more than happy to pay see in our case lot of this conviction uh, from a customer paying is happening because of accessibility bit it was not accessible these kind of premium portfolio segment was not there on broking in india so that's why and research in yester years was a very this uh, like uh, was not organized 
the dissemination and ability to create sustainable wealth on research was not simple. Now, through wealth baskets, it all gets organized into a vehicle through where you invest and you see your returns in a very organized way, like a like a mutual fund or a PMS. Mm-hmm. So that customer is able to understand this experience and they are gradually realizing that we have actually seen that people start with one portfolio and they end up buying four portfolios to serve all their investment. I could see that. And, 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 and the pay, paying bit is happening because of two reasons. First of all, that we have created a new category. So people have realized that the accessibility of this is happening because of the enormous technology that we built in the back. So the managers would come and serve a larger retail community. So they really appreciate that part. And the second thing is that the performance. I mean, if you start with small amount, when you see your system, you're systematically making money, which is not easy in broking accounts because of thousand reasons, behavioral biases and all, which is happening. So eventually people are becoming a more, the LTV increases very fast in that case. And how are you building a brand name for yourself? Because obviously right now, the, you're, are you white labeling it or do, do your customers know even buying through Motila Loswak, they're buying a wealth test product? So wealth baskets as a, as a, as a vehicle is the pretty much branded across all brokers and, and okay. across all our consumer challenge inside broker, our brand is out there like powered by welders. So like if you see like a Paytm money product, like Paytm money wealth baskets, like it's completely labeled through our brand. So yeah, Achha. as a category, it's like across. Yeah. I didn't even realize we're 15 minutes in, but we've not talked about your funding journey so far. So we're going to go a little, I'm going to change track very quickly. And, you know, 2016, you start, right? And India is seeing all kinds of crazy funding scenarios and et cetera, et cetera. And interestingly, you're in there pumping your own money. You've pumped in a million dollars. You know, you've talked about it in the media a few times. And you decide not to raise any money at all for five years, right? Did you, did you, did you never go and pitch? Or was it like you said, you, you were always too early? Or you, you weren't ready to pitch. Like what, what was it? What did it take? Why did it take you five years to go raise your first round of capital? Fantastic round, by the way, but why did it take five years? So 16, 17, 18, 19, we never pitched to anybody. We were clear. Like Achha. we want to build the take, build the product market fit and then go out. So that we were very clear. So so we never pitched. And that was the days of a fundamental reason. Because see, in 2065, I've gone to a VC and told that I'm trying to build a parallel equities portfolio investing experience on top of broking. So VC will say mutual fund penetration is so We focus on that and build a brand around that. I mean, if you see a lot of mutual fund investments has happened during that time, but that was the FOMO at that point. In markets, Correct. if there's any area where you can excitingly do good things, apart from discount broking technology was do mutual fund brands, mutual, like yeah. build a distribution brand. But we were clear that we don't want to get into mutual fund play. We want to build a full stack investment technology, create a vehicle on top of direct QDs ETF through using relevant RI license, build a SaaS platform. Nobody would understand that. I mean, honestly, and, and because you are saying that I'm not going to create, give you customers or revenue top line in next one year, two years. So I think that was, it would have been a bad move. So because patient capital was needed at that point and patient capital can only come if either somebody who, let's say if I would have gone global and asked somebody because they would understand, okay, how it, things would be in 2021 sure. or the other is I put my own money. So we, we put our own money. So that way we didn't pitch to anyone till 2019. We got a good product market fit in 2019. Full service brokers started joining us every three months. We are going live with one and we, our SaaS velocity was building up as a B2B2C platform. So actually just when we decided we'll raise our first round actually COVID happened that's where that's around one thing became very clear that 
that now we have built the product market fit we have a very high velocity b2b2c growth which is very difficult in india especially as a saas business in capital markets like totally you cannot like it's very surprising to feel like we're like we've been able to do that so we realized that it's a time to now go all out get aggressive but we, because we were looking to do our first round so we were clear that we won't take a vc route we'll try to find a somebody who believe another 5 years of decade like story in this business in terms of how it will scale up now because now you have crossed your uh, entry barrier you have crossed your product market fit you have crossed your product market fit in a way that everybody is deploying your technology and you are trying to become a category so we that's when we realized we got culturally corrected to matthew seriak i mean and and he was interestingly working on a similar deal in this space in in different value chain in the same pipe and we got corrected by someone and it just happened that he said that i believe in this vision ujwal you've just done so many things differently i mean is this questions playing in my head you know like people like you must live by the sword and also die by it right because <laughs> have you ever felt that when anyone ever or told you that no no i mean obviously that's why i mean people have told like it's a because you know you uh, let me let me let me phrase it better also i'm not you, you have very strong conviction in your ideas and, and they and when you obviously explain it it makes sense but what happens sometimes you know most of the time at least many people believe that you know when you're founding a company and trying to do fundraise is all about going with the flow right and 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 your kind of a perspective is very different right and and honestly i think that's probably why you are you know where you are today and you've got this very differentiated kind of an offering you're able to charge for things that even competitors in your space are not charging for and you created a created a pretty very interesting company for yourself right in first round you raised a 3.2 million dollars it's a very I mean it's a commendable round as a first round coming out right right out, right out of the gates so in that sense like like have you ever felt like those moments when you're like you know you maybe it's at 12 o'clock at night and then things are not working out you're like yeah shaya they are maybe i'm like am i am i just going the wrong way here like how how do you keep convincing yourself you're on the right track so actually we have felt uh, about it a lot of times i mean one of the things which which has kept us like awake a lot of times where the fact that are we not going going too far we should go fast and fast, one yeah, way could true. be to deploy more capital scale up palize and all the other is other was the fact that uh, in similar space people are taking enormous amount of vc funding so should we also just get into that groove and take a high velocity capital and just go fast so all those things have have been and 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 it could be that i mean today if i would think that i made a right choice or i made a wrong choice i don't know i mean honestly i could technically can't give a clear answer to that but but that is a inherent dilemma that i think every entrepreneur goes through but i as you rightly pointed out one thing is that we were very excited about what we were building i mean honestly yeah. that 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 constant excitement that we are building something really cool like like i can't be more colloquial about it no no i'm i'm, I'm it's so tech. glad to hear that it's a very it's cuz you know it's very rare to find that kind of conviction level cuz you know what happens is you know you have your friends and everyone's out there raising money and you know usne bhi 50 minute utha liya usne 100 minute utha liya wo itna ho gaya wo itna ho gaya and you know you're sitting around having a beer maybe one night you're like yaar what am i doing right mai to kisi se paisa raise nahi kar raha hu uske liye and, and yeah, it yeah, can yeah. change your mindset right it, it can even it, the people it, like difficult. the people who are with you from early stage my team i mean i i'm like utmost respect for my early stage team who who are with us since day one i mean they could have technically seen that 
there's so much of capital velocity scaling up around and why we are not doing it i mean i have gone through all those conversations and every single time everybody was equally excited yeah ujjal we are building something really cool so why Achha. if we want to raise capital let's raise capital at the right time so so everybody so the environment was that we were really focused on that one vision that let's build tech that build the platform and go out in the most uh, and understand the space where we are in uh, if you can if you just build velocity basis infusing capital and doing uh, high look to grow high faster it's it doesn't work out because our space the money that gets into your platform it's a very serious money where customer is looking to create ltv through wealth creation and all you can't just simply solve that problem in one like overnight so it's a it's a long journey i mean even today if you say that people are taking anc license i mean there's 30 amcs out there why were they because they might be looking the complete amc play from a first principle thinking that we will just completely drive a technology led amc which is solving bringing funds at a such a nominal cost and obviously platform like welders can create such a enormous distribution channel so so the first principle thinking on which we have always worked is that we want to build a technology which can which is a saas scale in a b2b model we know the market opportunity and when at the end consumer level there's a there's a funnel is growing really fast on the broking side we know at some point when we flip the coin and go take a high velocity we'll be able to do it as long as we know where I we see. are incrementally moving to so that kept us really sane most of the times but yeah obviously the the craziness and the media mentions of people raising money like crazy and all that's i think entrepreneurs yeah, really small case becomes a unicorn grow becomes a unicorn they start acquiring other companies right <laughs> yeah grow becoming a unicorn it's an inter- interesting case actually yeah chalo i'm going to i'm going to ask you a couple of questions because we've hit that 56 minute mark and you know uh, i don't want to keep you awake at night i'm sure you're one of those guys who goes at night um but let's talk about the journey let's if you could turn back time right and imagine we, we, you you did answer this in in a, in a way but I'm, what are two things that you would change about the journey if you if you, if you could redo this back from 2016 you say you know what two things that i could change that maybe could have had a much more bigger impact here today uh i think one would have been that maybe we could have slightly reduced our minimum viable product expectation that initially we thought we'll do it like this and then we actually ended up doing that so it took a while to be really right Achha. i think and that is because of being a first time entrepreneur you fail a lot i mean i will be very candid about this fact that the the ability to precisely identify what can actually really create value in the customers your target market i think there because you think from a completely uh, from a lens that you think this is needed by the customer if they want to really get successful with the product and at times you realize that actually they could have done with something which was far more like limited compared to what you are building i think we did not do that well so we delayed a bit there so i think we would could have solved that really well the second thing is that maybe i could have been more aggressive in in building the team it does not matter bootstrap also i could have done that we did a bit incrementally knowing thinking that like we need to hire only right people like culturally right skill set wise right they should be compatible at times actually you need to experiment in areas i mean today we are experimenting like maybe but when you start uh, as an entrepreneur lot of these places you actually end up being very calculated and and i think we need to fix that i mean we should fix that the other i other thing i mean apart from that i would think that uh, uh i think 
have a very uh, broader horizon in terms of where you want to be in five years. I mean, it's not just about solving the next quarter, but you have to have a very, very like especially for in our case where we're trying to build a five-year play where to where we want it to be. We actually uh, where actually we knew where we 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 would be in in coming time. We could have accelerated a bit faster because because we accelerated let's say in last six months or one year or one and a half years we have accelerated more knowing very well where we are i could have done that acceleration faster in 2017-18 also so i think it all depends like if you are clear about your thought where you want to be and you know that there's somebody who's backing up as a customer or even as a capital i think and even as people who want to be part of your vision i think take that bet because the, the, the evolution of any businesses in India now, especially in a, such a heavy tech-led environment, so fast, you 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 really need to be really be be as agile in that thought process. So, yeah. so if I may summarize, you're saying the two things to do is first of all get to your minimum viable product quickly, quickly. and iterate quickly, right? And second thing is that hire the right people and hire them hire them quickly. Right. Again, I mean, I think both of them are about velocity, as you kept saying yeah. that, you know, it's about getting those people in quickly because they will, you know, when you get the right people on board and, and you're working on iterations, right, both things need to go hand in hand and they, that will lead to, you know, the end result getting there faster. And like you said, I mean, maybe the second question flowing from that is that where do you see wealth desk in the next five years? So in the next five years, I think we are almost like now we are in a much bold, bolder vision as a technology because we've been able to establish ourselves. So on top of like entire transaction engine, which is broking and other transactional platforms around other asset classes. So we sit on top of that, like a UWI, like a United, United Wealth Interface on which you have wealth baskets. And, and an, when, when wealth management become internet scale as a platform, we'll be able to bring this wealth solutions, premium wealth solutions to a larger retail community in a very efficient way through technology. So I think, so I think that's where we will be. I mean, so, so I think that's what we're focusing on. Well, it's unbelievable that you and I have had no chance to take anyone's questions. We've spoken for one hour, right? So I, I, I think before we let people ask questions in the comment section over here right now, but let's, why don't we go straight to rapid fire? And then if we have a couple of minutes at the end, we'll take some of the questions from the audience. There's a couple of the couple that's already come in. Uh, so uh, can I go ahead and uh, take you through rapid fire? Rules are very simple. I'll be asking you a set of about eight questions. Uh, whatever first comes to mind, just blurt it out. And usually that leads to some more you know, deep, full insights. And knowing your contrary in nature, there's going to be some very interesting answers that I am looking forward to tonight. Sure, are you ready for that? Let's do it. Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> So first question, and uh, so Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos, Bill Gates, Donald Trump are coming home for dinner. What's the plan? I think <laughs> I'll ask Jeff Bezos that what's your plan to actually get into electric cars, man? <laughs> I, I, I mean, I will, I, I think out of all, obviously, my fascination will be for Jeff Bezos. So I'm just hooking myself to the, Jeff the, Bezos the other, the other three, the other three can just talk to each other. Uh, yeah, I just say, Jeff, can we can we sit aside and have a couple of beers? I'm really big fan of Jeff Bezos. Wonderful. Uh, let's see the second one. Uh, name one mistake you believe every individual, not just founder, but every individual must avoid. Must avoid. Must avoid. I think delaying, which comes out naturally, like like procrastination. Procrastination. Ah. Yeah, I mean. We are we are moving from survival to passion economy. I mean, I mean, as as young entrepreneurs, young individuals, especially the young population, I mean, we should take risk very quickly. Man. 
I think we. So we how how do you overcome that procrastination? What's your strategy? Believing in in yourself and taking small steps. I mean, I have done that like in ways and forms, but yeah, taking small steps. It's not a because see, eventually people. I mean, most of us think that we have to start very big. I mean, and it does not mm. matter. You start small, incrementally build because you are still progressing every day. So I think that's how I I have solved a lot of problems in my life. Yeah, take small steps, but you know, make big make big strides. I guess that's the yeah. that's the mantra. Uh, so tell me, name one Indian founder who you think is absolutely killing it right now. I think. Uh, and you can't say Nitin I mean, Kamath because he's from your industry. <laughs> uh, I think uh, so. I can't even say Vijay Sekar. Then you're saying <laughs> because he has paid him money. Exactly. Uh, I think uh, yeah, Vijay Sekar is doing great. I mean, because the story yeah. is important. I think Dipendar Goel also Zomato has killed it, man. Yeah. I mean, more than the fact that they've done IPO, but. Going through a journey which is in such a messy or unorganized restaurant business, building a de- delivery technology and then taking an IPO route, I know what must have gone through their lives. I mean, utmost respect for these people. Dipinder Goel and BSS, wonderful. Uh, let's see, who's your favorite superhero? Superhero? I yeah. mean, I really like Indian mythology. Hey, Hanuman. I mean, I really. I mean, as a kid, I used to believe that there is actually Hanuman in real life. Many people still do. Yeah. No, no. Even I believe. Uh, I mean, from a mythology mm-hmm. standpoint, I definitely believe. What's one thing that you would like to change about the Indian startup ecosystem? Uh, on the on the investment side, a lot of patient capital should come to build something which can create real global value. I mean. we cannot be short term in terms of the money that gets deployed obviously the the outcomes could be enormous because if you build something with patient capital it can scale really fast and the second sure. thing is founders need to focus more on i mean especially tech led businesses i mean whether you are a non tech or a tech founder does not matter the the aptitude to build businesses around tech has to be led by very 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 technological in that sense so which means that that it's not growth at any cost you build right you do it right i think the success could be better like the the success rates improves i mean so i think yeah and uh, let's see i've got two more questions for you what um, what skills or traits does one need to build a successful company i think let's say let's say name two name two traits yeah. that a person needs to build a successful company mm-hmm. brutal perseverance man to execute <laughs> i mean you have to every single day you know that you have to execute the problem that you have at hand i think that's one, that's one thing the second thing is ability to actually hire great talent like i mean it's you cannot build your company alone so you need to have people who are equally passionate like you so if you have those people around you and you are aligned to the same vision i think you can build a great company if you have these two things that's a really good one actually that you know that the ability to hire talent and you know to retain talent i think hiring is the easier part retaining is yeah. i think the difficult part if you can do that i think that you can really create wonders cuz I, i think after a while um once you've had someone with you for the first two years then you start doing things at the speed of trust and i think that okay. really changes the dynamic completely uh cool i'm going to ask you uh, what's one lesson that you had to learn the hard way that okay that's a conflicting question but like it could create lots but yeah the it's like to do businesses in india like as a tech entrepreneur you really need to be really good with 
with many peripheral things like it's not easy i mean if no, no, you really kelash kelash katkar from uh, quick hill was on the episode and we went through an entire episode of what it really takes to build a tech business in india so i mean yeah we can do yeah so i mean everything like the ability to negotiate deals with your partners the the legal ecosystem the regulatory compliance ecosystem it's not simple like this there's, there's a lot of gray area in every aspect and you have to manage through all of this just not thinking that let me just be a great innovator but yeah to learn the hard way i think so i think that's one thing if india's gets more formalized i think these things will get really better and better mm. and i think we are getting there but yeah i mean 2016 when i started i was not that like i mean 21 is a very different story <laughs> It's very true, though. Very true. You, I mean, India teaches you real, really how to do business. I think once you do business yeah. in India, you can do business anywhere in the world. I think it just, it's just, it's just simpler. Uh, right. Cool. Are, are you somebody that 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 reads a lot, or do you are you somebody that follows podcasts? Like, what's your what's your poison in that sense? So, right, I read a lot. I I'm not in too much into podcasts, so I read a lot, and I read very not like. like not i mean at least for last one and a half two years i've not been reading books which i used to read a lot of books i mean might see but we, right now i read a lot of uh, contextual stuff around like business so what are three I mean, books I've, that you would recommend like what are three books you you would recommend to let's say a founder who's getting who's founder. just getting started honestly like reading about other founders and this is not around a book but i have honestly actually i mean obviously you asked me not to name few people but i have followed some founders and i have really learned a lot from them no no now you can name them it is only for that question now you can name them okay <laughs> so i think i followed nitin kamath a lot like the when i was building up and i could see how Uh, the technology lens around broking and how they've architected this whole thing and i i really got influenced by that and i read a lot about how they built and and i think even other founders generally i have actually uh, tried to like like follow my new details about how founders have taken their companies and these are not like what you get in the books i mean especially see i was i have to be very practical so i actually wanted to have more practical knowledge and typically what people say na b school nahi gaye to aap business nahi kar sakte but actually as an entrepreneur what matters is actually you have to have a practical business understanding and i think this is the real people who are solving real problems and building real businesses i tend to read whatever they are writing so i do that a lot now wonderful wonderful ujwal i think we're we're at the end of rapid fire i know there's a couple of questions i'll just take one which is more relevant because of Uh, talking about wealth there this is from amrit satpati amrit asks a very interesting question because if the government decides to change any policy at any point of time for any sector and the sector stocks become half like what recently happened with some sectors these are the named sectors but how do we overcome the situation what's your view on the same so this is a market link question so i think uh, i think uh, if you individually invested in the sector then you need to see if the fundamentals have changed with that policy i mean if and at times like i if you look at solar solar energy sector for example if you not talking about the, the, suddenly the tariffs went through the roof like like yeah. raised to zero and a lot of energy companies i mean i know in listed space got really raised so much of debt capital they couldn't serve the interest cost and they are like in a bad shape and the government policy was to actually ensure the the solar tariffs go low i mean so you need to really see 
that if the fundamentals of the sector could change, it could be that you have to move from a bullish view to a bearish view and you have to maybe cut short your losses and just go out instead of making it zero. So at times, if you are very concentrated in your portfolio with specific stocks, but if you have diversified in a sector because well basket do that very well. So, so in that case, some <laughs> stocks might get impacted, but overall portfolio managed by the manager ensure that basis this policy, what needs to be done with the portfolio, it will be done right. So, yeah. Wonderful. Amrit, I hope you got the answer to your question. Uh, Ujwal, if there was one way for some people to reach out to you with their queries about investing, what's the best way to reach out to you? I think they can they can tag me on, on a LinkedIn DM or a Twitter or and, and I'll, I'll definitely reach out to like respond back. Wonderful. Ujwal, well, thank you so much. I didn't even realize it's been 70, 71 minutes since we've been speaking. We're already over our time. But is there, is there any final thoughts you have for the audience as they, as they uh, sign up for the night? So, yeah, I think it, it depends. I mean, what kind of people, if, if they're founders mostly, then then it's all about, uh, then, then one thing I could say that, I mean, every startup has its own story. So it is very important that we really don't get uh, influenced by that if they have followed this trend i have to follow its sectors are different the, the 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 dynamics are different so every startup every has its own story so entrepreneurs need to focus on their story so that's for the founders for most of the other people who are there i think if they are investing in in equities i think india is at the cusp of a multi, like like a different trajectory when it comes to like growing as an economy so i think everybody should participate in capital markets and 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 open a broking account get into real let, let me ask you a question do you see 100000 sensex in the next 2 years i don't know it could be it cannot be but i know one thing that yeah if you stay invested for 2 3 years you're going to make decent amount of money wonderful wonderful very 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 nicely sidestepped by the way <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you so much as well. Really enjoyed the conversation. I mean, like I said, your journey is so different because you've been connecting the dots going forward. You know, you've been somebody that has, you know, has something as a mindset and has, and, and what's very interesting is you've persevered and you've decided to, you know, really, really put everything you had behind it. And I think every, every bit of success you get from here on onwards and everything you've got to now, you truly deserve it. So thank you so much for your time tonight and thank you everybody for listening in. We'll be back in a couple of weeks with a new entrepreneur. We'll be back with some new content. It'll be episode number 50, and we'll be doing something pretty interesting at the time. Thank you so much. Good night, everybody.